the podcast for women in film and television. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Whiff Austin podcast, co-presented by Whiff US. Thank you all for being here. Can we get a round of applause, please? Yes, yes, yes. I am Kelly Coffey. I am Chantel James. And we are here today uh, doing an actual special event. We are doing a live podcast recording here at the beautiful Violet Crown Theater in downtown Austin, Texas. And we are here with the lovely and talented and also a WIFT member, Miss Olivia Nash. Everybody, please give it up for Olivia right here in the lovely middle. <laughs> All right, and she's actually here with her team today um, for her film, Hi, which is a short film that she's been working on, and we're gonna talk about that in a little bit. But as of right now, what we're gonna do is I'm gonna introduce everybody real quick and uh, welcome everybody here. And then what we're gonna do is we're gonna show a little screening so y'all can know what we're talking about when we do our Q&A. Hi, my name is Dana Grisak. I am the director of photography and editor of Hi. All right, and speak loud, honey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and we got Jake here. Yes, ma'am. I'm Jake Stockstill. I'm the AD and drone pilot for Hi. Drone pilot. Mm -hmm. All right. And we've got Paul here. Hi, I'm Paul Grant, and I'm an actor in Hi, and also the audio engineer and, and going to be scoring the film. Oh. Hi, I'm Lindsay Goodwin. I'm the producer and production manager of Hi. All right. So I will go ahead and introduce... Olivia Nash. She is a writer and director and actually actress of her short film, Hi. <laughs> Fabulous. So, um, Olivia, what was your inspiration in, in, in making this film and going forward? So actually, I wrote this feature film during the pandemic. I've written two other feature films. They're both period pieces, but this one um, was a little more low budget for me to produce and like go in for. Um, this is kind of something that I wanted to get out there involving mental illness. I wanted to come out with being able to talk about this sort of subject and breaking that stigma. This is part of something that I need to deal with with therapy and stuff like that. So that's what started it. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to direct. And I met Daniel. He fell in love with the story as well. And we were like, we're going to make a proof of concept. Um, and we did that in October of 2020 during the pandemic and pushed through and made this film. Um, and that's kind of where we got started. So this is your first experience as a director? Yes. Okay. Yes. And so how did you find the process directing and acting and producing and writing and doing a gazillion things. You probably catered it, you probably. <laughs> yeah, um, a lot, <laughs> um, but I, I love it. I love all process of this whole, like all of the film industry I fell in love with and every part of it I kind of want to learn. And so this is kind of my push for it with this film. I was like, you know what, I'm gonna direct this. I'm gonna take charge of it. And it was a story that I really wanted to tell and I just didn't want anyone else to tell this piece. That makes sense. I understand that. And then, so I have a question about the proof of concept and how useful that was for getting finance and resources to make the feature. Yeah, absolutely. So proof of concept always like going into it, you're, you're wanting to make the feature film. You're wanting to find that financing. We kind of moved quickly in that we made it in October and now we're making the feature in August. A little faster paced. Uh, <laughs> than most films go. You know, you kind of, you just make it. You just push for it and you just do it. 
um, you find the loans, you find people to back it, you find people that are passionate about the story, and you just keep going. I love that. And can we ask everyone to go down the line and tell us how you got involved in the film, what was interesting about the story, and uh, what you're most excited about shooting in August. Yeah, let's th- let's start down here with Daniel. So uh, let's let's tell how did she rope you into doing this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Livia and I met during the pandemic. We had a mutual friend uh, who was interested in producing one of her uh, proof of concepts, and uh, through this mutual friend, we connected, and uh, we just seemed to get along quite a bit, actually. And uh, I picked up the story, and Olivia and I just like went over it. And you know, Olivia is great at knowing what she wants, and she's a great leader in that regard and uh, the story about like uh, this interesting family drama through different generations with mental illness like I thought was really interesting and with everyone who's involved uh, a great film family so that's what got me interested and why I'm here now like I just love working with these people I love the story and I think it's just going to be a fun shoot once we get to shoot the thing in August. Nice. Um, Olivia cast me through backstage and that's how I, I met this group as well. <laughs> and it was great. Um, you know, from the callback, I felt also the kind of leadership and the vision was there. And so I, I wasn't, um, I don't know, I wasn't worried about it and went in with confidence. And um, then she kind of learned that I was a musician along the way. So I ended up acting and scoring it. I'm just excited to be in the whirlwind of it all in August and just to be, yeah, just to be like, you know, my daily routine to be in that character of Dylan and be just fully immersed and doing it every day. Nice, nice. And uh, Lindsay? I came on board through Jake. We actually took a class at ACC together, a film class, and um, he introduced me to Olivia back in May, was it? <laughs> As a production manager. And then we just I just kind of started doing producing stuff and um, gained that title. And so I'm super excited. Um, we actually get to film on location. So we're filming in Massachusetts. Is that okay to say? Yeah. Okay. Um, and I'm just really excited to see it all come together, um, see everybody work together and create a beautiful film for the world to enjoy. And you, Jake? All righty. So I think Olivia and I met in like 2018, was it? On the set of a student film. And <laughs> she's like, I don't want to think about it. No. <laughs> um, well, I was still in school. And then uh, like late summer, like August or something like that, last year uh, in 2020, she reached out to me like, hey, do you do sound? And I was like, oh, no, I do have a drone, though. And so I started in with the drone. And then I was like, well, hey, if you need help making the movie and stuff like that, I, I do that, too. And she's like, Oh, yes, yes, please. <laughs> and so I kind of, uh, I helped produce, uh, and I was AD for the short film, and then now I'm AD for the, uh, the feature. So this is the first time you've all worked together? Yes. Knock it out the park. <laughs> <laughs> Way to knock it out the park. Olivia, you're, here for, you're actually from uh, Lake Travis, Texas, right? That is correct. Yeah, <laughs> local, yes, a local girl making good. So um, to, to share with our audience and our listeners, um, you are fairly young. 
if you don't mind me saying. I am. Yeah, <laughs> I am fairly young. All right. Very um, young. Do you care to share how old you are? Yeah, I'm. I'm 25. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, what are you, what are, what are your long term plans? Wow, to work in the industry. <laughs> I yeah, my long term plans is to forever work in this industry, to be in the film industry, to direct. I would love to continue directing. I, I love acting too. It's one of my favorite things. I actually started out in acting, but yeah, my heart is in directing as well. So those are my two main. I actually love writing too. I started, okay, let me just start real quick. I started in acting and then I was also writing at the same time and I wasn't screenwriting yet. Um, I was just writing in general. And then I found the love for screenwriting after college and I studied up on it and I just kept, just got obsessed with it, kind of just the way that I am. Um, And then I found out like, I actually am a, I'm a director. So I'm gonna do all of the things, all of them. Um, Yeah, but that's my, my future goals is to do to everything. You got all that young 25-year-old youthful energy. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Just right now. I need a lot of coffee, but yes. <laughs> the cinematography, stunning. Locations, beautiful. The whole movie is, is amazing. Congratulations. to Is that Daniels for doing that? Yeah, that's Daniels' work right there, cinematography work. For the feature, are we, are we doing a similar style? Did we learn anything from shooting the proof of concept that you want to change? Um, I think when we shot the proof of concept, we had a, an idea, but it was kind of like our first time collaborating. And I really like the proof of concept. And I think there's some ideas there that we want to use. But I think for the feature, we have a more specific direction that we want to do with the visuals. Uh, we have some specific references that we like to go through. You know, Moulin Rouge, do you remember that director? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Baz, Baz, I always say his last name wrong, but I, I absolutely love Baz. I think his work's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So we got him, we got like Wes Anderson, and I think that we're going to really focus on each of the characters has like a certain type of cinematography so when you are with these characters you're in a certain flow and then there's going to be a lot of interplay so everything's going to be very cinematic well that's our job obviously but like (laughs) you know we have the equipment we need to to really make that shine through and when we get to the editing it's going to be a very fun seamless journey and I'm really excited to shoot this. I noticed that you used a lot of like close shots. Was that to create a sense of intimacy in the story or? Yes, absolutely. Very early on, Olivia has always been a fan of uh, the 50 millimeter focal length, which is a good portrait, but it also, especially on the sailboat, when we get close with the characters, you're not so much, even though the marina is beautiful in its own right, you don't want to get too distracted by it. So exactly, we wanted just to create that sense of intimacy and whatever's in the background, you know, creating that atmosphere, kind of like, you know, bring out the background as like colors and more like a painting. But you're always in focus on what the characters are talking about and just trying to be in their moment. Nice. Uh, Paul, you are a composer. Yeah, yeah. Is this your first film that you're actually scoring, or how this will be my first feature? Nice. Yeah, I've done a lot of shorts, both in acting and scoring, but this will be my first feature, doing both of those things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have a lot of people who uh, who actually do composing for films like that, and so it's it's a very interesting concept to have for you. Well, it it worked out great because I think they go hand in hand, and I think, you know, Olivia, first cast me 
off of acting and then it just kind of led to a further involvement oh. yeah as we were there on the dock i was like by the way some piano <laughs> chords <laughs> no not really but way to get yeah. those extra credits <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah nice Lindsay, you're from massachusetts yourself i am yes oh okay yes. <laughs> so is, is that part of the reason why you're going up there or was that just a coincidence um, it's a coincidence but it helps um having you know friends and family up there that are willing to help it makes things a little easier because I know the lay of the land. I know really how things work. I have connections. So that's really been helpful. To have a native producer on location from yeah. that location. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Very instrumental. And uh, Jake, so you are an assistant director uh, and am. a producer. So which one do you do more? Uh, more AD. I do what producing that they can't do or like that they need me to do because they're killing it and doing so much <laughs> so I'm more like running the set more like keeping people safe and uh, making sure people are taking breaks that need to take breaks <laughs> nice it sounds like you guys had a great experience working in this would you guys consider like we're doing like many films in the future you know there's a lot of organizations that like yeah, you see yeah. the same crews and the same you know right. like actors and stuff working the yeah. same time over and over well we actually started or Olivia started her own production company this year right yeah, yeah. Uh, Fox Drift Productions, yes, 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 um, and we we definitely have uh, other films in the pipeline, but we're just trying to bust this feature out because we really like it and we really believe in it. And I'm gonna let Olivia talk again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask you this, Olivia, um, as a uh, female film director, writer, producer, actress extraordinaire, um, <laughs> have you? Uh, is, is that something that you see has been um, difficult or easy for you being a woman in this in, in, in this as a young woman also or uh, do you see the future in that or um, hmm I I love having my community and especially having WIFT here and that support there's been some some difficulty being a woman but I I see it more of as is ageism instead of like being a woman it's like oh you're 25 and I'm like that doesn't mean anything though like <laughs> let me just make the film hold on but <sighs> pros and cons pros and cons overall it's been a great experience absolutely absolutely what advice do you have for filmmakers that are in your position that just want to go out there and just make a film particularly for young women yeah don't doubt yourself. I think a lot of the thing, and especially how we feel, we put a lot of doubt on ourselves on why we can't. How about choose what we can do? The main thing, too, is believe in yourself. I mean, of course, I have an absolutely amazing team that fell in love with the story, and I commend them so much for being a part of this. But a lot of it is like not giving up and just pushing through it because you believe in it so much and you believe in the story and you believe in that passion of this needs to get out to people and what it could do to help someone. For women specifically, I think you shouldn't be afraid. I think fear fights us most of the time and that's with everyone, that's not just women. But that fear, I think, keeps you from living life and I think you should just go with it and live your life because you never know what could happen. Well, we're very excited for y'all to shoot in August and very, very proud that you're greenlit. It's going to be a great shoot. I know it. I'm going to open it up to the audience. So if anyone has any questions. 
Hello. Uh, hello. Hi, y'all. Hi. Uh, thanks for the great film. I have a question. Uh, what a great idea to do a proof of concept. Uh, when you wrote this scene or the proof of concept, you said y'all did it during COVID. Was it originally written to be an outside scene? You know, doing it on the waterfront was a great, safe spot to do it. Was it originally uh, set there, or did you write the dialogue and then decide on a location, sort of? as the pandemic went. Would love to hear about that. Yeah, actually, no, it was originally set on a marina. I think that's what worked really well, is just taking that piece from the story and saying, you know, this is one of the scenes that I absolutely love, especially with the dialogue and wanted to see it come to life. And I think it would help showcase these characters and the kind of mess that they are, but how well that they can come together and deal with their situations. The location, no, that that stayed. I loved the, that was originally like marina, sailboats, that's what I want. Okay, let's write a story within this. Find that romanticism within this beautiful place in the sailboat. Mike, put me right quick, you know. <laughs> I gotta steal the spotlight. But, and then it was just uh, really nice that it worked out that way with uh, following safety procedures and stuff like that. So we had a really small crew. I think it was like five or six people total. And we all had masks on except for talent. And then like we were making sure to like stay away from each other and like keep our distance. And then we were just all outside all day. So I think we were about as safe as we could be to film during the pandemic. Hi. Um I just wanted to ask, because you said you met in film school, what film school did you go to? So me and Lindsay both went to uh, Austin Community College. They have a really good film program that uh, just really gets you up and going. Like you get hands on in like your first class pretty much. Uh, and you just make three or four short films and stuff like that throughout your whole career in school. Like you get taught by industry professionals like the uh, head of the department, Laura. Mm. She's like six in her 60s. She's worked on like so many, so many things. Films, so many she uh, she likes telling the story of her first movie <laughs> that she like kind of quote unquote worked on being Jaws. Yeah. She, yeah. Her, her, and her, her and her family were like on vacation in Martha's Vineyard and they saw them filming a movie down the beach and they're like, she walked up like, hey, do y'all need any help? They're like, yeah, you could help us carry water and stuff like that. And so she like met like Steven Spielberg and like all those yeah, people in like her cool. teens. Um, and, and you won't go broke going to ACC. Right. And ACC, really yeah. good bang for your buck. Yeah. Uh, like you get a rent, they have like a big old equipment locker that they let you like take out stuff for, to use for your projects. And they, they just set you up really well. Anyways, we met at ACC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, who else was you? Yeah. I have a two-parter. Why Massachusetts? That's number one. And then two is, did incentives and or regulations from either state affect that decision in particular? Uh, yes and no. <laughs> um... I didn't originally picture this in Massachusetts. This story's kind of a a um, a place that you wish you could go and escape into. It's a coastal town that doesn't technically exist. It's a fantasy coastal town. Massachusetts, yes, their incentives are actually really great. Um, we studied up on like Maine and Michigan and all of the places that within the United States we could really picture this going. But Massachusetts, they have a really great community there that is helpful. And we were like, you know what, that, that'll work. And also, 
It's mostly for that cliff coast. <laughs> um, I, re- I just really, that's part of the main story and a big piece of their safe space. Um, I needed to find a beautiful place that they could go. And Massachusetts fit that piece for them. This is a question for everybody. What was the biggest challenge in making this short film? And what was the most life-fulfilling part of making it? Um, I think the biggest challenge that we faced that day uh, was mostly like shooting. And uh, the time that we shot it was also really hot. Uh, Small crew, not as much shade. But we had a lot of water and safety measures. But it was a lot of physical labor for everyone. But everyone like acted very professional and hustled. Like we we did it, and uh, but man, it was toasty. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a, you know the staircase at the beginning where um, Paul's character uh, Dylan is walking down that long staircase. It's actually much longer than it appears in the movie. Um, thankfully, it had like a little elevator that kind of like went down, so we were able to put some of the equipment on it. But it was quite quite a lot. Um, the most fulfilling stuff, I think, for me is like Olivia and I were editing the movie together, and I think just it coming together uh, with all the sound mixing that we put in, all the timing, and we had a lot of like things that we had to work through, just due to how we shot it and the timing of everything. Uh, once Paul like gave us the music. And the, like, the sound mix and everything, and we've just put it together, it just like, boom. And it felt so great that you felt everything work together at once. I think that was like us like sitting together watching it. It was just like, uh, we did it. Like, this is it. I think I just am taking it, because I think that was kind of my same moment, was like, one, getting to see it for the first time while kind of playing around with piano chords to it. And it just... Um, that was the most fulfilling moment because it was like pulling the emotion with the music that we had brought to it on screen. So it was just pulling the emotion from both places at once was most fulfilling. And then the hardest part, I guess in retrospect, it was like my hair at some of the <laughs> on some of the shots. Yeah, because <laughs> evidently, like every other shot, it was every which way so it was like a continuity era of my hair just like not cooperating yeah that was hard thank you paul for recognizing my (laughs) continuity issues um well we're fixing that um (laughs) trying to focus on being in the moment while also directing as well directing people and being in that character, I think what's great is to have a team that is so solid, that has your back, that can take over in moments when you need a slight breather in that character, especially during an emotional scene. They allow you to focus in on your counterpart and your actor instead of having to focus on when to call cut or action. (laughs) Most fulfilling. Uh, Being able to one, pull off this production during a pandemic, two, to be able to portray this character that I have loved for years. Even though I wrote it in the pandemic, I had had these characters with me for a while um, and trying to form them into a story that would be, you know, feature length where it wouldn't be too long. 
um, and make sure that they're told correctly, I was able to play her. And that was one of the best parts for me in making sure it was portrayed correctly as directing it. So I was not part of the short. Um, they brought me on afterwards for the big movie. Um, but along the way, um, on the production side, I can say the, the toughest part probably has been putting all the puzzle pieces together. There's a lot of uh, moving pieces. Everything has to come together perfectly for it to all work. And it, there's opportunity to get really, really frustrated and want to give up. So really believing in the story. And like Olivia said, um, having a team that has your back and um, you can trust and you really love working with really pushes you to continue. Um, yeah, I think it was just uh, like Daniel was saying, like getting everything like together with like such a small crew. And like we were lucky enough to have the dolly to get all that stuff down, but it was still just like moving all that stuff with like three people. But it, we made it, we did it. And I think the most fulfilling bit was uh, meeting all these people and getting to work with them, like continue working with them on like the uh, future projects and the feature film. Nice, nice. Um, does anybody else have a question? I guess then I will uh, ask all of you this question, because this is kind of a fun question that we like to ask on our WIFT podcast. If there was a movie made about your life, who would play you and what kind of movie would it be? Would it be an action movie, a comedy, a musical, a doc? What, what would it be? Um, I would probably make it probably more dreamlike kind of think of, um, I love David Lynch, uh, and I love, uh, there was another Charlie Kaufman movie, uh, I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Mm -hmm. I love those kind of experiences of dreams, and for some reason, he doesn't look like me, but put a beard on, and, you know, just, uh, I would love to see Ray Romano play me. <laughs> I think that'd be great. I see it. <laughs> Are we going genre here? Like any, what kind anything, of any, it, it, it can be anyone you want. It, this is your world. My world would be a mix of things. It would be like a drama, comedy, musical, all mixed into one. It would just be like a bunch of... The musical numbers have to be like pop culture musical numbers, though. <laughs> like they need to like come from like you think that you're listening to the radio and all of a sudden she's just like... <laughs> verse in the song um, but at the same time I like the drama aspect and the comedy comes from the drama and how serious I like to give a lot of reactions and side eye so that's where the comedy would come from is just my side eye my lead character is Anna Taylor-Joy Anna Taylor-Joy you know co-star with Timothy Chalamet that's there it is um, I actually I saw so Timothy Chalamet like posted a I guess like a promo for his an upcoming film and it just said like Timothy Chalamet is Paul and I don't know what that means but that's my name so I was like all right it's pretty much I guess my life film would be like cast him and whatever he wants to do with it Timothy so, Chalamet as Paul yeah I would love to see that film <laughs> Lindsay um so these kind of questions always stump me because I'm just like blank um but I guess like if I had to say off the top of my head, I would say like a dark comedy, probably, because like I've been through some stuff, you know, I've lived a life, but I, but I always find the humor in it, you know, and I'm always laughing, so. 
Uh, I don't know. You said Audrey Plaza to play her? Huh? I can see, I see I can that see it. for you. Okay. Yeah. Everyone's looking at me now. Yep. <laughs> Everyone in the audience agrees. I don't know. Okay, her or like somebody cool like uh, Tina Fey maybe. I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think if you could get like Tom Holland or Daniel Radcliffe, love Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. I could uh, do that and do a, uh, a Matthew Vaughn style kind of parody sort of thing. Because I like Matthew Vaughn, how he does like a parody of a genre while still doing a really compelling movie in that genre, okay. a la Kingsman. Nice, nice. That is our question that we like to ask all our guests on this That's show. A fun so. One. so I'm gonna end with one more. All right, so what is going to be the end game for, for High the film and for uh, your, you know, what, what comes after this? What is the, the end plan and the, and the plan after that? I guess um, after we finish shooting, we're going to take a break and then we're going to get straight into editing. We also have some other projects uh, we have lined up. We have another proof of concept that we want to work on. And we also, uh, during the pandemic, we had another proof of concept that we shot and we finished. And we're probably going to do some work with that pretty soon, I think. I, I love the, like, you're like, yes, I'm on these because that's how I feel. And I'm like, Daniel, thank you. So, like I mentioned, I have two other features that I've written. Um, they're both period pieces, so if anybody wants to take that on, thank you. Yeah, I would love to do one of the period pieces that we did the proof of concept together. Endgame for me is just to play my part really well. Yeah, is <laughs> to just, you know, execute Olivia's vision and to bring Dylan to life and all of the intricacies and just to be fully like involved and and honed in on that character and then post-production is just to you know pull the emotion and the essence of the film with the music i'm just hoping that we will finish the film and <laughs> get distribution and premiere it to the world um and i think we'll be able to do that i'm like in that generation of guys where it's like oh it is cool to like talk about mental health and like make sure you're doing well and so I really hope that we can like get that message out to people and help like spread that message of like yeah you need to talk about what's going on like you need to figure out what's going on uh, so that you can like be the best you and like maybe like reach people that really need to hear that. I think that is actually it. If no one else has any more questions, one, we want to thank you all for coming here and being with us today. And so um, at this point, first of all, I would like to thank the, uh, the Violet Crown Theater for having us here. They were amazing. Thank you to David and uh, the rest of the staff and the crew here that made this a wonderful experience for having us. We definitely want to come back. I also want to thank the, uh, who gave us the equipment, Chantal? Austin Public. <laughs> they were kind enough to make this, make this event work for us tonight too. Thank you all for coming and, and, and being part of this and kind of our guinea pigs. Um. <laughs> can, I, can I ask very quickly? Absolutely. Um, how can listeners follow the movie High? Yes. Are you on social media? Yeah, yes, we should let everybody know. Yes, how can we find, and all of you, all of you, let's, let's, let's make sure we share how we can follow all of you for our listeners and everyone at home. Yeah, so, hi, the movie. So, Instagram is, like, our main 
focus at the moment. So at high hi period the movie. Uh, we also have a website www.highthemovie.com. And then if you want to follow me, Instagram's probably the best option. So Olivia underscore meow with two e's. Perfect. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> um, my TikTok. It, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> you, you can find me at eyelid kid. Eyelid Kid. You also probably could find me off the Hive page. You can find me on Instagram at Denver Linds. That's D-E-N-V-E-R-L-I-N-D-S. Um, I'm pretty boring, but I do post about fun film stuff that I'm doing, and you'll see a lot of pictures of my beautiful horse. So if you like that, follow me. <laughs> 10 out of 10 recommend follow for the horse. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Instagram or in most stuff uh, at Jake Stockstill. Just jakestockstill.com. That's my website. I do photography. I post about movie stuff. Just kind of fun things. Awesome. My cat. My cat's pretty fun. You can follow me on Instagram. Uh, my username is dan underscore grisak, G-R-I-S-A-K. I post a lot of things, usually about my uh, cinematography, editing, drumming here and there, and uh, dogs and cats especially Sonny, who's become a favorite for the cast and crew here. We, Sonny's the best cat in the world. All right, well, uh, thank you all again for coming. This has been amazing. Give yourself a round of applause. <laughs> and we want to thank you all for coming. Please make sure that y'all follow us at WIFT Austin and go to our website at WIFTAustin.com. If you're not a member, become a member. We do great things like this. Thank you again. Thank you to the Violet Crown. Thank you to Austin. Thank you to the audience. Thank you to the WIFT Austin podcast, co-presented by WIFT US. We've had a wonderful night, and we enjoyed it. Movie Reviews. Hey, friends. It's Summer, and for this episode, I'm going to talk about Pixar Sparks Shorts movie, Loop. Loop is about two kids at canoe camp that find themselves adrift on a lake, unable to move forward until they find a new way to connect and see the world through each other's eyes. This film breaks new ground by featuring Pixar's first nonverbal autistic character. Written and directed by Erica Milsom. There are two characters in this film, Renee, a nonverbal autistic young girl of color who loves canoeing and ends up going with Marcus, a teenage boy who hasn't had a lot of interactions with autistic individuals. After watching the film and crying through the film, I watched the making of Loop video right afterwards and cried even more. And I wrote down some things that I'd like to share with you all about how they made this movie so authentic. Pixar brought on a group of consultants from the Autistic Self-Advocacy Network, and they watched the film several times and were able to tell Pixar what was working for them and what wasn't. They gave great insight to what Renee might be experiencing, thinking, or feeling. Renee is voiced by Madison Bandy, who is autistic and mostly non-speaking. They captured her natural voice at home to make her feel more comfortable and to make the film more authentic. As a filmmaker... I think that films like this are so important because it's great to see diversity in every sense of the word. The autism spectrum's a spectrum, and that's what it is. There are people from every side, and it's pertinent that more people see that there's not just one way to be autistic. 
The fact that Disney and Pixar did this blows my mind and absolutely warms my heart. I have family and friends that are on the spectrum and I can't wait to share this movie with them. And I hope that they feel included in the film industry now. I hope that one day I can make more films that show more diversity and make more feet and make more people feel included in this industry. Well done, Disney and Pixar. This, this film acts, I'm trying not to cry right now. This movie absolutely made my day. If you would like to watch it, it's on Disney Plus. Just search the word loop and it's 11 minutes long. Highly recommend you watch it. Highly recommend you share it with your family and your friends, whether you are autistic or not. I just think it's an incredible film. And I'm so happy that I got to watch it a couple times today. That's all I have for you for today. I hope you have an incredible day. Bye, friends. This episode of the WIFT Austin podcast was produced by Kelly Coffey and Chantel James. Our editors are Shannon Steffen and Valerie Torres. Summer Hart is our movie review critic. You can find us on the web at wiftaustin.com and on social media at Wift Austin. Thanks for listening, everybody.